Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I want to ask you a question. Do you know what the law of echo is? Do you know how the law of echo affects your organization? Do you know how the law of echo has to be adjusted? Do you know what it tells you? If you don't know those things, I want to invite you to come to the roundtable on January 19th in Plano, Texas. That's the kind of content that we will be going over. We will be talking about how various areas of ministry and organization work. We will be going in detail. Our first roundtable every year is in Plano, Texas. It's January 19th. But then on January 27th, we will be in Seattle, Washington. And we will be covering the Law of Echo and many other things that I think will be beneficial to you. So I pray that you will get in the room. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. You can sign up there. Today, I want to talk to you about lessons I am learning. Honestly, this is a divine interruption. I was planning on doing a different lesson to start this year, but God sort of checked me and said, no, I want you to go this way. And so today, I want to talk about three thoughts, three things that I think are profound lessons that I've had to learn. Number one, leaders are needed more now than ever. Leaders are needed more now than ever. I think the church made a mistake. We left leadership up to the world. We just assumed that if we went into our holy huddle over to the side and we did what we do, that somehow the world would just lead and it would be all right. But every time you turn on the TV, you see that leadership is failing us. And a part of it is they've never had an example. They've never had an example of high-value people doing things with a high purpose and intention. They've never had an example of people doing things beyond selfish ambition. We let this world down because the church let the world define leadership. But we've got to change that. We have to raise the leadership level. We have to raise the leadership level. And if we're going to do that, several things have to happen. Number one, leadership is caught more than taught. Leadership is caught more than taught. It's true in my life and it'll be true in your life. You've got to get in the room where leadership is happening. There is no substitute for leadership and being in a room where leadership is happening. See, when you get in a room with a growing leader who is surrounded by other leaders who want to grow, there's a dynamic that begins to take over. You begin to feel it. It begins to resonate. You feel that room begin to take on an energy that's unlike any others. But it's only in the room. You can't get it any other way. As I like to put it, when you're in the room, you can multiply leadership. And so as a leader, two things You need to be in the room. And secondly, you need to create rooms for others that you lead. So you've got to know that leadership is caught more than taught. Two, you have to listen to leadership. 
Now, listening to leadership is putting your ear to things that inspire you. So whose voice resonates with your heart? Whose voice inspires you and picks you up? Who is the individual that it seems like they have the combination and they make you want to be bigger and better? You need to listen. See, it can't be an auxiliary item in your life. It can't just be that thing on the side that, hey, I'm going to do that occasionally. It has to be a commitment by you to listen to leadership. And if you don't have that moment in your life, here's what's going to happen. Leadership's going to be lost to you because you don't get leadership just through isolated moments. You get it because you are making it a quest to listen to. So if we're going to raise the leadership level, it's caught more than taught, but you're going to have to listen to it. You're going to have to find places that leadership resonates with you and listen to it. This podcast is going to be heard in over 100 nations. People that I don't know and will never know are listening to it. Now, the thing that happens is somehow they're listening to leadership. It expands their possibilities. It creates probabilities for them that would never exist. Number three, commit to a process of growing them. See, if leadership is going to happen, then there has to be a process. If you don't have a process in your organization, then just look around right now. If you look around right now, what that means is what you have is what you're going to get. You're not going to get better than this. You're not going to get bigger than this. You have to commit to a process. For us, we have leadership being taught. Jesse Prince, the lead pastor here, he teaches leadership. He takes the leadership curriculum that I wrote, 18 lessons, and once a month sits down with the leaders of our church and he teaches them. Why? Because they need to hear leadership. And not only do they need to hear leadership, they need to hear leadership taught well. And so commit to a process. We then began the school of leadership. And the school of leadership has probably been the second thing that I'm most excited about other than altar calls in our church. It is dynamic. People who come to it, in that room, leadership is taught. And people get it. And they're learning it. See, we have to have leaders in our churches, and we have to have leaders in our community, and we have to have leaders in this world. There has to be a commitment to a process. So what is your process? Where are you? We're now taking, when I teach on the School of Leadership, and we're putting those on video, and at the middle of this year, we'll probably have them all arranged where you can take those videos and you can begin to use them as a process to develop leaders in your church. And then fourthly, You have to find your voice in leadership. You have to find your voice in leadership. And what that means is you have a position of leadership. And that refers to the fact that you're probably at the top of your organization. But here's the thing. When you have the position of leadership, it means that you will win any battles that come up. Why? Your position guarantees it. 
But if you don't have the voice of leadership, then you're going to face too many battles. Because in every organization, there's a voice. And if it's not yours, someone else is going to be the voice and they're going to begin to speak and that speaking will begin to elevate. So it doesn't mean you're the only voice, but you have to be a voice. You have to be someone who is speaking leadership, teaching leadership. I believe profoundly that we have let this world down. We've let them define the example of leadership. We've let them define leadership as outside rather than inside, as being about power more than purpose. And we've let leadership be defined by people who have a selfish ambition rather than a godly cause. And so I want to encourage you, let's increase the level of leadership in the church. That brings us to number two. Casual did not work. Casual did not work. See, over the last two and a half years, COVID revealed casual relevance didn't work. Casual relevance didn't work. See, relevance made us ineffective. And let me just sort of elaborate on that. Whether your church has grown or it's sort of stagnant or it's declined, the facts are clear. 20% of the people who attended church in 2019 in your church and my church and all churches are no longer in church. They're just not there. In fact, I have pastors who will say to me, well, I can't get people in my church to come back. And there's 20% of them that are never coming back. And they're just individuals out there who have left. They're gone. And the thing about it is, is they are like the original prodigal. They wanted the father's stuff, but they didn't want the father. See, that's what the original prodigal wanted. He wanted his inheritance. He wanted the father's stuff, but he didn't want the father. Let me frame it a little bit different. Seeker-sensitive created sensitive Christians. Yeah, I said it. Seeker-sensitive, the desire to create all these bridges to people who were unengaged, created sensitive Christians. We became so sensitive to them, we forgot to create Christians in the middle of it. And so seeker-sensitive created sensitive Christians. And what that means is they were so sensitive that when things went bad, when things went bad, they just left. You can't find them anymore. And I tell people, there's no future in trying to catch fish that have already been caught. See, it's what Jesus warned us about in Mark chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It's what he said when he said, there's a sower out there and he sows the seed. And as he sows the seed, it goes into a whole lot of places. But some of the places that it goes to, they lack depth. And because they lack depth, here's what happens. That seed just will not produce. It says they receive with gladness and then it's unproductive. That's what happened. We were so relevant and so seeker-sensitive, 
We created people who were happy for a period of time, but when things got tough, they didn't have any depth. See, the world wants to know what we believe, even if they don't believe it. And I have a little proverb I often use to remind me, in the name of faith, I will not quit being a person of love. But in the name of love, I will not be quit being a person of faith. So in the name of faith, I will not quit being a person of love, but in the name of love, I will not quit being a person of faith. What that means is this. The world wants to say, well, do you love us? And yes, we do. But in the name of love, I will not quit communicating what I believe. This is who we are. This is what we believe. Seek seeker-sensitive created a false positive. It created a crowd. It drew people. Churches were able to say, we run this many. But it created a false positive in that we had a crowd. We didn't have a congregation. We became good at doing church, but not at being the church. We created church to become an event to attend rather than an organization that impacts this world. If you're going to be a growing church, you must act like a church. See, the seeker church became a place that we invite friends to, but it ceased to be an evangelistic center where people go out. And the problem with that is this. When we have everyone inviting and no one going, 53% of this world will not step into a church. And what that means in the United States is, if we're just going to invite people to church without going outside the church and being the church, then we're saying 64.7 million people can go to hell. Yeah, I said it. 64.7 million people. It's all right for you to go to hell. We're going to invite you to church, but if you don't come. But see, the church was always intended to be an organization that would go and not just stay. If we take that math to the world, it means we're saying 2.77 billion people in this world. It's all right for you to go to hell. See, we taught people to come to church rather than be the church. And let me inject this. If you're just comfortable with people coming and not going, then the clock is ticking on your leadership. See, your church has to be bigger than your building, and it has to become a voice for his church and not just yours. Church was never intended to be an event, but rather an organization that impact this world. So somehow, do we create bridges? Yes. Do we create relevance? Yes. But in the name of bridges and relevance, we do not quit being 
the church. The church must be who God created it to be. We must be an evangelistic force, and we can never, in the name of relevance, quit telling people what we believe and why we believe what we believe is important. We will love them, and we will never quit loving them, but we will always love them enough to tell them what we believe. We will do that. So, we have to learn that casual just didn't work. God intended the church not to be casual, but to be committed. Whoa, what a thought is that? The church would be committed. That brings us to the third thought. His presence must be a priority. His presence must be a priority. See, a whole generations of individuals have come to church, but have never known his presence. They've come, but they've never known his presence. There's a whole group of leaders that have been trained for the platform, but they don't know his presence. They don't know him. See, we've trained people to be good at church, but bad at God. And as a pastor, that is a God forbid thing for me. People know how to come to church. They know how to sit in the service. They know what to expect. But we haven't taught them to be good at God. We haven't taught them how to open their hearts and to engage the presence of God. And it is not our service that changes them. It is his presence that changes him. We've let our light show, our stage presentation, and our creative team become a substitute for his presence. Now, let me just inject. We have lights at our church. We want a great presentation, and we have creative people at our church. But we never, never want any of those three things to be a substitute for his presence. Presentation is not a substitute for his presence. So let me just double down. We have to love it. We have to love his presence. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. I long for him as though I were in a land where there is no water. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst There has to be a love for his presence. We have to seek it. Every means of what we do is to seek him. To seek first the kingdom of God. To make him the priority. And we can never presume that just because we have the name church that we have somehow mastered his presence. To the contrary. We have to pursue it. So how are you doing on loving his presence? How are you doing on seeking it and pursuing it? Is it? If as much thought went into those three things as the lights, the stage, and the presentation, can you imagine what would happen? We want to make sure the presence of God is the priority, and we never want to neglect it. As we begin this year, 
we need to raise the leadership level. If we don't intentionally do it, it won't happen. We need to understand that casual didn't work, that seeker-sensitive created sensitive Christians, and we need to love people and create bridges, but we cannot hesitate to communicate, and we cannot stop being the church. We have to go out, and we have to love his presence. We have to make his presence the priority. So how are you doing on those things? How are you doing as you head into this new year? I pray that those three thoughts are things that maybe you'd spend some time thinking about. Hey, let me ask you the question again. Do you know what the law of echo is? Do you know how it affects your organization? If you don't, you need to come to the roundtables. On January 19th, Plano, Texas, January 27th, we'll be in Seattle. Please come. You can go to my webpage, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, and when you go there, you can sign up. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.